0: welcome to today's podcast casting down idols this is the podcast where we talk about addictions and recovery from a biblical point of view i'm your host pastor mike dixon And I'm addressing the problem of addictions from my own personal experience, but most importantly from a biblical perspective. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, gambling, or overeating, or whatever struggle you may be facing, I want you to know there's hope for change. It's my prayer that through this podcast, you'll pick up some tools and encouragement that will enable you to live addiction-free. I've been clean and sober now for 31 years, and you can too. So let's learn, grow, let's encourage one another on this road called recovery. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast, Casting Down Idols. This is your host, Pastor Mike Dixon. I hope that you're doing well. The day that I'm recording this episode is actually Friday, April the 3rd, 2020. And we're right in the middle of a pandemic right now, not just in the United States, but indeed around the world with this coronavirus, this COVID-19 The governor of our state, the state of North Carolina, as well as governors of other states as well, have ordered stay-at-home orders and social distancing and all these things that we need to be doing to make sure that not only are we keeping ourselves safe, but make sure that we're keeping other people around us safe as well. Not supposed to be assembled in any type of mass gathering of 10 or more people. Uh, right now, currently. And so a lot of unusual things are taking place in our day. Uh, in fact, this is going on the third week now at the church that I pastor at Winterville Baptist Church that we have been unable to have services face to face. The folks aren't able to come together as a congregation. And so we've been live streaming those services from the sanctuary on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And many people have been able to log on to the website, the church's website, as well as the church's Facebook page, and actually participate and view those messages and Bible studies and enjoy that time of worship together. Something we all need to keep in mind during this time is that uh, this is novel. This is something brand new. Uh, Experts don't know how to deal with it. We're still trying to figure out the COVID-19 strand of this coronavirus. To exactly find out how doctors can minister to it and what medications vaccines may uh, be effective in fighting it and so we've got to be patient with one another we've got to understand that these are stressful days not just for you but for everybody around you and stress can do all kinds of crazy things to you physically uh, you can feel tired or you can feel exhausted you can feel like you just don't have energy uh, maybe not sleeping well at night you know all those things that stress plays a part of and so we've got to understand that we're not the only ones dealing with it, we're in this together, and we hear that a lot through the media. We're in this together, and we are in this together. And COVID-19, this coronavirus, has impacted every single one of us physically, emotionally, socially. With the social distancing, six feet apart from other people, and you can't be in crowds of again ten or more uh, right now. Uh, spiritually, it's also affected us. We've not been able to come together as a church family, and most likely, whatever church you worship at, you've not been able to come together either. And so, all of us are experiencing loss during this time. And so, when you think about It, especially emotionally and spiritually, we're actually all going through a grieving process right now because there's been a lot of things that have been taken away from us. Uh, We're suffering the loss of some things, our routines, our schedules, our friends, our uh, places we used to like to go and many other things as well. And so these are very stressful times for everyone. I want to share with you just a few things I believe the Lord's laid on my heart uh, that have helped me and I believe they'll help you get through this COVID-19 crisis and get through it victoriously. Number one, first thing I want to mention is people need hope. You need hope, I need hope, the whole world needs hope. And the gospel of Jesus Christ offers us that hope. You know, right now we're getting ready to get into Holy Week. Next week is the week right before Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, and the hope of the gospel is the hope that people need, but the hope of the Word of God is what people need. They need to know they're not alone in their struggle. They need to know that problems come, but problems don't come to stay. Uh, They need to understand that we're going to get through this time. We put our faith and trust in God. God still loves us. God still cares for us. God's still there for us. The Word of God brings hope. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brings hope, not just over death, hell, and the grave, but if that kind of power is in us as born-again believers, we're going to be resurrected one day, but that kind of power also is all I need to get through very difficult times like we're dealing with right now. And people need to be reminded of that. People need to be given hope. If you're listening to the media constantly, the media offers very little hope. I mean, they're painting is a doom and gloom picture, and we need to know what's true, but we don't need to settle our heart there on the negative things that are happening. We need to focus on the hope that's offered to us through Jesus Christ and through the word of God. And so that's the first thing I just wanted to mention. Hope people need hope so see how you can be a, you know, I, I like to, in our addiction recovery ministry, talk about the fact that we're hope dealers, not dope dealers, but we're hope dealers. How can you go about being a hope dealer right now in the midst of this crisis, right in your neighborhood, right in your family? Right in the circle of friends that you email with, or you text with, or you talk to on the phone with, how can you be a dealer of hope? Make sure you speak words that will encourage those around you and those that are listening to you, especially during this time of crisis. People need hope. Number two, let me say this, people need help thinking right too. I mean, we so easily get off track as far as how we ought to be thinking in philippians chapter 4 uh, verses 8 and 9 i think it's one of those two verses that says think about these things i think on things that are true things that are praiseworthy things are on things that are a good report And those aren't just, that's not just the power of positive thinking, but that's thinking the way that God instructs us that we should think. Over and over, the Bible tells us that we've got to renew our minds. I love Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 that says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so we need to renew our mind. You know, let me just throw this out there, you know, in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis, And all the media that's on constantly on the television and on the internet and on the radio. How about if you limited your time to 19 minutes for COVID-19? 19 19 minutes a day. Limit your media intake to 19 minutes a day. Give 19 minutes a day to COVID-19. I honestly believe that in that 19 minutes, you can hear everything that you need to hear as far as updates concerning this crisis situation. Give 19 minutes a day to COVID-19. So limit yourself, limit your intake from the media. And then I would challenge you to give at least 30 minutes to God's word. And so 19 minutes to COVID-19 and much more than that, at least 30 minutes a day to the word of God, just soaking in the word of God. The word of God's given to us to help us think right, make sure our beliefs are right, so we can act right, so we can live right, and so we can be reconciled with God. And so people need hope in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of any crisis. People need help thinking right. Um, If we didn't need help thinking right, God wouldn't tell us over and over and over again in the word of God, renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind. Uh, But people also need connection. And that's the third thing I just wanted to mention today. And I know with the stay-at-home order, and many of you are working from home now, and you can't be around your friends and your family and your neighbors, you know, we're just kind of quarantining ourselves for our safety and for the safety of those around us. And yet God created us for connection. When you think about it, I mean, God created us, first of all, to have connection with him. I mean, that's why God created us. God wanted us to have fellowship with him. God wanted to have fellowship with us. And then sin got in the way and sin broke that fellowship and that connection between us and God. And yet God loved us so much. He became a man. He came to this earth. He died on the cross for us. So that broken connection could be restored. But not only do we need God, we need one another. I mean, we're interpersonal creatures. We need one another. You're not supposed to be the Lone Ranger. We need one another. And in times of social distancing, in times that we can't be around our family and friends like we normally are, we've got to seek more creative ways that we can connect to one another. Since we've not been able to have worship services together in our sanctuary at Winterville Baptist Church, we've been live streaming those services. I've been uh, doing a phone ministry and uh, those of you that know me know that I don't especially like talking on the phone, uh, but I've been breaking out of my comfort zone in recent days and just picking up the phone and calling some folks that I know uh, that live alone, uh, that may need a word of encouragement, praying for people on the phone. You got to find those ways that you can connect, Uh, connect with God, but connect with other people around you too. And so in the midst of a crisis, if you're going to get through this time, this COVID-19, you need hope. Other people need hope. Number two, you need to be thinking right. Think according to what God says in the word. Help those around you think right too. Uh, It's what God says that's most important. Uh, If you give 19 minutes a day to COVID-19, give at least 30 minutes a day to the word of God. Number three, connection is important. Connect with God and find ways to connect with others. Number four, restructure your routine. You know, I know a lot of things have changed. I know a lot of businesses are closed down right now. Restaurants, you can't go into the dining rooms and eat right now. Uh, many of them are offering takeout and curbside deals that you can take advantage of, but a lot of things have changed. And so we live in a world that's constantly changing. And what we've got to do is we've got to find ways that we can restructure our routines. We we all need stability. We all need routines. We All need uh, right and godly habitual patterns that we're used to following. And we like to feel like we're in control. Now, we know ultimately God's the one that's in control. He's seated on his throne. And anytime things seem to be out of control, many times people panic. Anxiety levels are higher. Stress is higher. Uh, People worry. People fret. Uh, People do crazy things like running out to the grocery store and buying up all the toilet paper and the paper towels and all the sanitizing hand wash. I don't know, but when we feel like things are out of control, panic can take control. What I'm asking you to do right now, even though so many things have changed, our regular routines have changed, I want you to find ways that you can restructure your regular routine. What are some things that you can control? You know, you can control your rest. You can control your diet. You can control your amount of exercise that you get you can control what you choose to do with the time that you have right now i've tried been trying to encourage our church family i'll encourage you find creative ways right now that you can encourage other people and that may mean bringing the children or grandchildren to the table and breaking out the crayons and the construction paper and just start have the kids draw some beautiful pictures or encouraging words uh, that you can mail to the nursing home or the local retirement home or maybe some elderly folks that you have in your church family that need to be encouraged. Drop those in the mail to those people. Uh, you can write an encouraging letter to somebody. You can write a thank you note to someone. Seems like actually sitting down with pen and paper today is a lost art in our society. That would mean a great deal to someone to get a personal card or personal letter from you or to get a beautifully colored picture from your grandchild or, or your son or your daughter. We can choose. We Those are things that we can control. We can control how we're going to spend our day, You know what we're going to do. And we've, we've got to be flexible to know that things do change. God doesn't change, but things do change. And we've got to be able to restructure our routines, at least to give us a feeling of, okay, maybe I can't control everything that's going on right now, like the COVID-19 virus, but I can control these things in my life right now. That'll encourage you. You know, Ephesians chapter four, uh, 22 through 24 uh, says, put off the things of the old man, renew your mind and put on the things of the new man. And that's talking about change. And we are certainly living in changing times. So even though things are changing and even though these are difficult days, troublesome days for all of us, I want you to find how you can restructure your routine, restructure your schedule. And so at least you feel that you're in control of some aspects of your life. You know, what you could do is you could sit down with a sheet of paper and just draw a line straight from the top to the bottom, right down the middle of the paper. So you got two columns and you can list in one side of that paper in one column things that you can control. And then you can list in the opposite column things that you have no control over. But there are some things that you can control. And so you control the things that you can. And then you give the others to God. You trust him. You put your faith in him. That's part of renewing your mind. Okay, do you have those four things down? People need hope. People need help thinking right. People need a sense of connection with God and also with other people. And we need to restructure our routine. There's things that we can control and we need to regain that sense of control. Now, there's a passage I want to share with you. This passage has a great deal to do with what I'm talking about thinking right. It's in Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 9. I want you to listen to what God says. Through the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, beginning of verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord's hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, God's using the apostle Paul to write, that passage. And God through the apostle Paul commands us to rejoice always. You know, we can always rejoice. We can always count our blessings named them one by one. We can always make a conscious choice. I'm going to focus not on my struggles and not on my hardships right now, not on the changes that are taking place around me, but I'm going to be focused on God. God help me not to worry. God help me to trust you. God help me just to rejoice in the truth of the fact that I know You're always going to hear my prayers and you're going to walk through with me through these troubles that we have to deal with in this thing called life. Now, the Apostle Paul, whose words are found right here in the book of Philippians. I mean, when you read the book of Philippians, Paul seems so cool and so calm. I mean, he's as cool as a cucumber. He seems to be so confident. It's easy to forget the fact that the Apostle Paul was sitting in jail facing the possibility of death. his faith when he wrote these words. But the whole book of Philippians is about joy. I mean, that's the theme of the whole letter. Paul's writing from present to the church at Philippi, but he's writing about joy. Now, I know it's hard in times like this to find real lasting joy. One of the great enemies of joy is worry. Worry will steal your joy if you let it. But see, this is another choice. This is something you have control of. You don't have to allow worry to steal your joy the apostle paul i mean he seemed like he never worried about anything now i'm sure he probably did it just seems like from his writings that he was just always so confident you know right on to the end of the book of philippians and in the other letters that he wrote as well it just seems like he just didn't have a problem with worry But most of us do. And worry can be a terrible thing. You know, worry is kind of like when you go to the county fair or the state fair and you get on that ride called the carousel, you know, with the horses and the animals, they just go round and around and around. I mean, worry is kind of like that. I mean, you get off where you got on. You really don't go anywhere on a carousel. And that's like worry. I mean, worry doesn't really take you anywhere. It doesn't accomplish anything positive in your life. Somebody did a study on worry and the many different things that people worry about. And this was the conclusion. They concluded that 40% of what we worry about will never happen. 30% of what we worry about concerns old decisions which we cannot change. 12% of our worry centers in the criticism from people who feel inferior. And that's an amazing thing to me in this study. 10% of our worry is related to our health which only worsens the more that we worry. And 8% of what you worry about is actually legitimate concerns showing that life does have its real troubles and its real problems, which can be met head on if we eliminate senseless worry. So if we're going to be filled with the joy of the Lord, like the apostle Paul was, as God used him to write this letter, we're going to have to deal with the demon of worry, get it out of our lives and get it out of our minds. I read about a man who was so absolutely overcome by his problems, but he would do nothing about them. I mean, he would do absolutely nothing. I mean, there were things that he could do, but he just chose to do nothing. Finally, a friend came to him in frustration and came to this fellow who was bound up in worry. And the friend told him, he said, you've got two good hands. Why don't you do something? And to that, the worrying man replied, I am. I'm ringing them both. I mean, that's the way a lot of people are. Paul was not a hand wringer. He didn't sit around in the jail thinking, oh, my lands. I think I hear them out there sharpening the blade. They're going to cut my head off. I wonder what it feels like to have your head cut off. Hey, Mr. Soldier, can you tell me what it feels like to have your head cut off? Oh, no, of course you can't. You've never had your head cut off. Oh, me, what am I going to do? I'm so worried. You know, that's often how we respond. Maybe right now in the middle of this COVID-19, maybe that's how you're responding. You can make a choice. You do have control over this thing, how you respond to it. You can sit around and have a pity party and you can panic and worry and stress out about it or you can get in the word of God. You can change your perspective. You can choose to think differently. You can choose to have the joy of the Lord. You know, the apostle Paul didn't allow worry to come in and steal his joy. Now, if you're going to live like this, if you're going to make it through this time of crisis that we're all in right now, let me give you some points here from this scripture. Number one, you need to rejoice in God's goodness. God is always good, even in difficult times. You know, some things we deal with are not good. This COVID-19 virus is dangerous. I mean, there's a lot of people sick. There's a lot of people who have already died. Experts are telling us it's going to get worse before it gets better. We can still rejoice in God's goodness to know that God is still a good God, even in the midst of this trouble. In verse 4 in Philippians chapter four, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now he uses that word rejoice. Paul is telling them to start doing something that they were not doing. I mean, isn't that usually why you tell your kids to do something? I mean, you don't tell your son or your daughter, go clean your room unless the room needs cleaning, right? And so when God tells us right here in verse four through Paul rejoice in the Lord always, that's something that we need to start doing. And God's writing through Paul and telling us he wants us to start rejoicing and he wants us to rejoice all the time. Notice he says rejoice in the Lord always rejoice in the Lord. That doesn't mean I rejoice in my situation always. That doesn't mean I rejoice in my condition always. That doesn't mean that I rejoice in my denomination always. Uh, That means I rejoice in the Lord always. Listen, religion won't bring you joy your situation around you won't bring you joy. Society won't bring you joy. Jesus Christ is the only one who can bring you joy. So choose to rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So even in the midst of a crisis, you can remember that and you can rejoice in knowing. You know, I know we're going through a crisis right now. I know a lot of things are changing. I know the news is bleak on the media, but God is still on the throne. I'm going to choose to rejoice in Him always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm telling you, you can overcome worry if you choose to rejoice in spite of the problems that you're going through. Just rejoice in the Lord's goodness. Focus on who he is, not just what he does, but who he is. God is a good God. And so we need to rejoice in God's goodness. We need to worship him with a joyful heart. And let me tell you something else you can do that'll help you get through this time of crisis and get through it victoriously. Number two, you need to relax in God's grace man. just relax, get still and get quiet. Practice some deep breathing techniques, you know, if you have to. Get focused on what brings you peace. Maybe you'd like to go to the beach. You can't go to the beach right now. Well, you know, just kind of lean back and enjoy those deep breaths and think about the the waves just coming in and crashing on the beach. Just relax. Focus on God's grace. Man, Paul says in verse five, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Gentleness. Gentleness. Or moderation, some translations translate that. It's really an unusual word that's translated from the Greek. It's a word that actually means sweet reasonableness. Man, I like the way that sounds. I tell you, I like sweet and I like for people to be reasonable. And so sweet reasonableness is what it's talking about. It's talking about a person who's flexible, who doesn't allow every little thing that comes along unexpected in life to tear them out of their ever loving frame. I mean, that's the trouble with some of you listening to this podcast today. You're not flexible. You, you, some of you are just so tensed out, aren't you? And you know, I know it's a corny joke and I've been accused of telling corny jokes from time to time. But I heard about a man who went to see a psychiatrist and he went in and he sat down and the doctor asked him, what's your problem? The man said, well, I have I have some problems. Sometimes I feel like a teepee and sometimes I feel like a wigwam. The doctor pondered a moment, looked at the man and said, well, I'm going to treat you for anxiety because it's obvious to me that you're too tense. Yeah, yeah, I know. But see, that's some of your problem. You need to relax. You're too tense. I'm, um, You know, I just pray that this message on this podcast today might help you just kind of regroup and get focused and. I'm telling you, when you get focused on the Lord, this is what will break a smile on that old, cold, cold, hard face of yours. I mean, the kids used to say, take a chill pill, you know, chill out, relax. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Flexible, relax, be reasonable, rejoice. I mean, don't worry. Choose to trust God instead. Be focused on him. And so I need to rejoice. I need to relax. And if you're going to overcome worry, you need to remember God's presence. The Bible says right here in verse five, the Lord is at hand. I have to remember from time to time, because when I remember the Lord is at hand, that at hand means he's near. When I remember Jesus could return at any time, then that reminds me what I'm going through right now. Guess what? It's not going to last. This COVID 19 crisis is not going to last. This problem is not going to last. Your financial struggle right now is not going to last. I mean, it also tells me life's short. I mean, why should I waste it on worry? Because Jesus is coming soon, and whatever I'm facing today is going to be resolved when He comes back. You know, that gives me hope. The Lord is at hand. Thank God this world is not all there is. I've got to remember this truth. I've got to remember the Lord is at hand. That helps me overcome my tendency to want to worry and to be afraid. And, you know, I know I know you have family worries. I know you got job worries. I know there's real burdens on your heart today. I know there's real trouble in our world and real trouble in our society. I mean, we all carry burdens. I mean, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church full time. I, I do quite a bit of counseling. I'm working addiction recovery. I mean, you want to talk about things that could burden you and things that could stress you out. Life is messy. Let me just say this. God gives us the freedom. Again, there's things that we can control and we can choose. We can decide what we're going to do and how we're going to respond. We're not mechanical robots. This is what I find so frustrating, and maybe this is where you are today. Somebody says, I can't believe God would let my spouse leave me. I don't understand why God would let my husband cheat on me. I don't understand why God would do this to me. Listen, folks, we're not puppets. Stop blaming God for the things that have happened in your life. Many things that happen to us are a result of choices that we make. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives that we don't understand, There's some things we can control. There's a lot of things we can't control. Control the things that you can with a godly mentality and a godly focus and aim and then leave the rest to the to the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. He's the one that's in control. Sometimes life can be filled with anxiety and stress and burdens. Get the focus off of yourself and get your focus on the Lord. Philippians four verse six, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything—that means in everything—in your family issues, in your financial issues, in your job issues, in this COVID nineteen crisis, uh, in the problem with your son or your daughter, or the problem, whatever the deal is—he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. That and that includes it all. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You need to give thanks to God for his faithfulness. Let your request be made known to God. Pray about it. Don't worry about it. Remember, the Lord is near. Paul says, pray about everything. Verse 7, he says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word peace there means quiet confidence within quiet confidence within. This is a peace that humanity cannot produce. It's supernatural. I mean, this is a peace of God. Yeah, I see a wonderful equation here. And let me give it to you. I don't know how many of your math whizzes. Here's the equation that I think you'll understand. Prayer plus praise equals peace. Prayer plus praise equals peace. If you want peace in your life, in everything, pray and rejoice in the Lord always. And a result of that, verse seven of our text right here is going to be peace. And so if you're going to get through this time victorious, any type of crisis that you face, you're going to be victorious. You've got to rejoice in God's goodness. You need to learn to relax in God's grace. You need to remember God's presence. And number four, you need to renew your mind, renew your mind. I mean, that's where worry happens right between our ears in our minds. I mean, you've got to be careful what you think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think sour thoughts, you're going to be a sour person. If you're thinking thoughts of despair, you're going to be filled with despair. If you're thinking depressing thoughts, you're going to be depressed. If you're thinking hateful thoughts, you're going to be a hateful person. I think you get the point. Then there's a checklist we're given in verse eight, things that we should think about, things that are true, things that are noble, things that are just, things that are pure, lovely, things of good report, things are that are praiseworthy. And so so stop thinking about the bad and the sad and the depressing, the doom and the gloom. Stop thinking about what's going on in our society right now. Stop trying to Focus on the faults and the flaws of other people. Stop doing those things. Stop thinking thoughts that are bring impossibilities and start thinking about what God says is true. Think about what God thinks about. Believe what God says. I mean, don't you remember when Joseph was sold into slavery, recorded in the Old Testament, and uh, he was sold by his brothers, and they brought Joseph's coat to their dad, and they implied that Joseph was dead. And that man, Joseph's father, grieved for years before he found out Joseph was alive. I mean, he grieved for years because that father believed a lie. And you know why you're worrying today? Because you're believing a lie. So we need to think about what is true. The word of God is true. We need to think about what God says in the word. Think about those things that are noble. That means worthy of respect. What God says is just. That means righteous what God says is pure and lovely and of good report. And that's simply saying, think about things that are worth talking about. Reprogram your mind with what is praiseworthy. Take your thoughts captive. Take your thoughts captive. Let me tell you, it would change your day. It would change your day when worry come, comes upon you. If you would decide right then, I know what I'm going to think about. I'm going to think about how David walked right out there in front of that giant named Goliath and took him down with just a few stones and a slingshot by the power of God. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the devil. I'm going to think about when Moses and the children of Israel got backed up against the Red Sea and it looked like there was no hope and God parted the Red Sea and they walked across on dry land and the sea swallowed up Pharaoh's army. I'm going to think about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and how God saw them through the fire. I'm going to think about Daniel. Man, I love the story of Daniel. I'm going to think about when uh, Daniel was down in the lion's den and God closed the mouths of the lions and God protected Daniel. I'm going to think about when the disciples needed money to pay their taxes and Jesus told them to go fishing and they did and they found the money to pay taxes in the mouth of a fish. God provides. Get your mind off the worry get your mind off the things that are causing you to fret and creating fear in your heart and think about instead things that are true, things that are noble, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of a good report. God bless you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your blessed word that you've given us, Lord, to show us how we can be reconciled with you, how we can have a connection with you, how our sins can be forgiven. But Lord, also in this blessed book, we learn how we can cope with crisis, how we can be victorious over things that come upon us, Lord. Thank you for the hope that you give us, Lord, through your precious son and through your blessed word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us all that we need in the power of the Holy Spirit to think right, Lord, to get our minds back in order off of the doom and the gloom and and on the blessed A rejoicing of your wonderful truth, Lord, that sets us free. Thank you, Lord, for giving us all that we need, Lord, to restructure our routines when society changes, when crisis comes upon us. Lord, most of all, thank you for your presence in our lives. And right now, I pray for everybody listening to this podcast. I know, on on the day that I'm recording this, uh, on April the 3rd, uh, 2020, we're in the midst of this pandemic and. Uh, So much is going on around us. There's so many unknowns. We don't know how this thing's going to turn out, Uh, but Lord, we're going to trust you in the midst of all of it. I pray, Lord, you would just uh, help us to be hope dealers, to encourage those around us. Uh, Lord, it's not the end of the world. This is not something that um, is going to wipe us out. This is not something that's going to steal us away from you and from your presence. God, you're still in control. You're faithful. You hear our prayers. You answer our prayers. You still love us no matter what. And God, you're a good God, no matter what. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for this time together today on this podcast. And I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, I just want to say thank you for what I know you're going to continue to do because you are always good in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you. If you can leave us a positive review on this podcast episode, that would be great. If you're listening by way of iTunes, you can actually leave us a five-star review. That'll help us, help us reach people. I hope that you'll be safe in the midst of this crisis. Be encouraged. Share this podcast with someone else who may need a word, an uplift, a word of encouragement, a blessing. Stay safe. Pray for one another. Don't allow things that are happening around you right now to be triggers to cause you to go back and uh, go back to your old life, whatever it was that you used to worship, whatever it was that you used to use in your life as a substitute for God. Instead, you run to him. God bless you. I look forward to speaking with you again soon.